Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly, unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia, that weirdo with me when he's not furiously scuttering across the open fields of southwestern Pennsylvania chasing invisible anxiety monsters with a boomerang he got from the combination science and candy store is Gavin. Oh my god, that's a specific <laughs> reference. <laughs> nah, just came out of nowhere. Um, what is that? That's just life, man. Oh, okay. That's, oh, right? That's chasing Gekagex with a boomerang. Oh, that is, yeah, that happened. Okay. <laughs> that's actual, that's the thing that we used to do. Well, then, yeah. yeah, well, then mine's lame. And this weirdo with me who's dancing around his earless uh, abducted cop victim is Hess. We got just big Michael Madsen vibes today. It's a Michael Madsen day. <laughs> I'm not, the, I'm not like the um, wildest Tarantino head, but I did present that scene in shot design class. Um, yeah. In terms of like, um, I really just wanted to like understand how the scene, because it's a, it's such a, it's a scene that carries you away so much you don't think about how the scene is constructed. You know what yeah. I mean? How many shots is it? But because it, it's a whole thing where they come in and they come out. You know, he comes. You know, the the other guys come back in. Um, and go out to they, they come they go out and get the cop in the the POV or the cop's perspective in the trunk of the car and it's a whole yeah. thing I don't know and um it it wasn't it was it was interesting little study in it but there wasn't anything like unique about it that it's um this the scene is very intense in that it's mostly a shot directly at Michael Madsen doing his little song and dance and then directly at the cop that yeah. um, just is very unflinching. It's very confrontational, the scene, I guess well, I would say. You didn't get a lot of that kind of shit in the early 90s. It's a very... Um, it's kind of a mix between... Like, to do it so formally where you're just, like, firing the barrel of the camera right at the at one character's face from the other one, but in a master, is it's almost like a little bit more of a Kubrick shot than... Um, than to do it in a different <laughs> way. To go right at the characters is a little interesting. Um, but it, it's uh, it also isolates them so much because they're they're done in these two mat these two you know long shots. So you can for most of the scene see the each you can see all of Mister Blonde and all of the cop, and it just yeah. shows how isolated they are in this vast warehouse, which is really the yeah. the, the function of it being shot like that of how incredibly alone this fucking guy is with this maniac, which is, yeah, um, it, which d does its job. It did seem like, um, when, uh, Oh, what's his name? Shot him that he came out of nowhere. Tim Roth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, apparently his intention was that you would completely forget that, uh, Mr. Yeah. Orange was there. And in, in my yeah, experience, in, in my experience, you do, you know what I mean? Yeah. That the, the, the 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 job is a little bit like um the job of Tarantino in that movie is to a certain extent to do a, a magic trick that is a little bit like a film that I love to re to reference a Hitchcock movie called um Lifeboat which is yeah. um a very very premisey movie that starts with an English cruise cruise liner having been sunk by a Nazi U-boat and yeah. then ev the whole movie is these people are getting up on this life lifeboat and there's like eight of them, including a uh, a knocked out um, German like boat 
ensign or something that was like that got like hit in the struggle. And uh, so they're just trying to survive and not drive each other fucking crazy and eventually get rescued. But literally the whole movie takes place in this lifeboat. And the there you just this constant magic trick of getting the audience to pay attention to this conversation, yeah. this conflict, all on what is the total of about ten feet of space. Uh, yeah. And he he even manages to do things like you know it's one of Hitchcock's signatures that he's in every movie of his, even if he just walks by in the background. Well, how the holy Christ do you do that in a movie that's got eight people in a boat on the ocean? Yeah. And um, he slips himself in into an advertisement on a newspaper that somebody's reading on the boat. Um, he's just in a in a photo on the paper, and you're like, "That's sad." Yeah, what you sneaky weird fucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, with well, all of, with all of that, um, we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming. From the console to the tabletop and beyond, on a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop unknown to the other presenter and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers. Uh, quick reminder, check the Instagram. It's what you think it is, at Oopsall, at Oopsall Monsters. Um, Gavin, because this episode is mine, have you brought something from the unlikely corners of the English language that we like to call... Vocabulary. Have you brought a vocabulary word? Cacathes. Cacathes. Cacathes? I don't Cacathes. ask me. Cacathes. Cacathes. How, do, how am I spelling cacathes? C-A-C-O-E-T-H-E-S. Sometimes uh, included in the phrase cacathes loquendi, which means a rage for speaking or an <laughs> undesirable... Or not undesirable, like a, a manic desire to speak. Okay. Um, and- the the definition of it is an insatiable desire or a mania. Right. The yeah, Google's Oxford Dictionary one line definition is an irresistible urge to do something inadvisable. Yeah, inadvisable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Kelsey Cathy's. had a. Cacathes? I don't know. Cacathes. I don't know. Cacathes. Kelsey had a cacathes for pulling pranks at church. What a weird-ass word. Um, Yeah. What is the origin of this word? Uh, Greek. Itch for doing... Of course it is, because it's a othes in the end. So, itch for doing something. 1560s from Latinized Greek... Ill habit, wickedness, itch for doing something bad. Wow. Well, I don't know that that's going to get uh, pop come back into the um, the hip slang anytime soon. But what a cacao! That's a that's a queer one, Mister Grinch. <laughs> Oof. Huh? We it, need Fred Armisen to make a pun out of it. I I don't need as much Fred Armisen as I have. I keep thinking it's ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, I got I, I got five gallons of tin Armisen. I or I got five yeah, gallons I, of Fred Armisen. I could do with one gallon of Fred. Armisen. I seriously just now got into Portlandia and Arcade Fire. <laughs> yeah, Gavin's on some kind of weird time warp where everything he's doing is from two thousand and eight. 
It's, like <laughs> it's a, awesome. Totally. Have fucking... you heard the band management? Fuck. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so 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 fun, but also so I don't know anarchistic. It's 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 a new joy. Ar- yeah. Arcade Fire. There's so many of them. All right. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. They're like the mighty mighty boss tones, but but new. <laughs> Well, um, now that we've gotten that um, uh, rat snack out of the way, let's go on to the <laughs> go on to the show. <laughs> I, I keep calling. My, I've been. I got into the habit of calling my cats rat bags recently because it's really satisfying. <laughs> it's like that, it's really, just, yeah. It's just get out of here, you damn rat bags. It's very that's hilarious. Rat bags, I've, fun. You have the option to name things in a lot of video games that I play. Anything little, I have named Ratbag. Really? Yeah. I, for as far as I was concerned, I made it up, and then I heard I heard somebody yeah. in an '80s movie say it like like last week, and I was like, I, it's just a, because of the assonance. It's a really natural combination of a thing to say. Yeah, you cheap ass yeah. rat bag. Yeah, you rat bag. <laughs> it's just really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Apologies to you. I'm going to cut it out for the audience, but I have, I'm going to have a cold for weeks. Uh, not a cold, oh. but a cough. I'm I'm over the illness, but I I'm just going to be coughing for forever. So I'm going to try to do it away from Mike. But I'm sorry if it goes at you because I, I didn't even notice. It's going to happen a lot, so I'm just po- apologizing in advance as I want to do. Um. Mm. All right. Let me pull you over to the area of the show uh, called the imagine, if you will. So Gavin, <laughs> if you would imagine, if you will, that you are a quiet, solitary, retired SS commander. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, I tried to do that with a straight face and I just couldn't handle it. A solitary, retired SS commander. Doing what you can to pass the time and avoiding being discovered by basically anyone. You've managed to scrape yeah. out a life eating crabs and leaves or something in a, a massive abandoned mansion on a desert island somewhere in the Caribbean? South America? <laughs> Stop asking me so many questions. Just when you're preparing for your afternoon ritual of tea time and sobbing yourself to ejaculation, a terrible vision appears on the horizon. Fucking tourists! How are you going to get rid of them before the inevitable happens? The return of your platoon, those nightmarish killers from the briny depths, unbreathing, unblinking, and racially superior, all the way oh, down to their Teutonic Tiger Tank goggles. Gavin, do you have a hint as to what I, what, do you have a hint as to what um, subject I have brought for our um, post-World War II subject today? I have yet to see this movie. I just learned about it by um, diving into, like, Peter Cushing's career. But is this Shockwaves? This is, uh, <laughs> you have hit Shockwaves, yes. <laughs> that's weird. I've just learned about this movie. That's, that's great. Um, I'm not going to ruin this movie for you because this movie ruins itself, but let me tell you, but let me tell you that what my intent today is not only to talk about shockwaves, 
Although my my intro was exclusively based off of Shockwaves. I actually yeah. intend to talk about Shockwaves and compare it to a more modern movie from 2009. Gavin, have you seen the very um, uh, content-similar Dead Snow, which is a Norwegian film yes. uh, about um, undead zombies in Norway? Yeah. Okay. I have seen that. So today's topic is going to be a two-hander, Shockwaves versus Dead Snow. So, um, <laughs> so basically, this ep- the this the Uber topic, if you will, is yeah. <laughs> um, is is Nazi zombies. Now, yeah. there's actually a whole litany of of Nazi zombie movies, but um, we're going to use these two as our springboard for understanding the topic because as I have discovered in my long history of watching movies about Nazi zombies, they tend to be about the same couple of tropes for some reason. And yeah. let's let's dig let's get our shovels, our K K ration shovels out and dig into some Nazi gold and figure it the fuck out. So um <laughs> so okay we've established that you have not seen Shockwaves well, what is Shockwaves for everyone in the audience who also is on the same page as you who have not fucking seen it? It is a 1977 film that began shooting in June of 1975 that for some reason stars Peter Cushing, who um, <laughs> is very famous for being uh, a weird old uh, like commander in the uh, in the Empire in the original Star Wars films, but also being you know, 72 different Van Van Helsings in the Hammer horror films, always killing this or that, (laughs) Dracula, just willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, Wearing a lot of ascots and just kind of looking... He's kind of the English Vincent Price, if that makes any sense. You know, and and of course, being uh, someone who actually was across from Vincent Price in a lot of films, but he's kind of gentlemanly and regal and austere and a big head, small, skinny, little like Oxford body (laughs) and, um, (laughs) you know, good accent and able to chew on scenery in kind of like a a debonair English tea time way. Right. And um, (laughs) he plays the character that I was um, absorbed into in the imagine, if you will, that for some reason, and I'm just going to keep using that phrase, for some reason, um, Shockwaves stars. Uh, it's a it's about a bunch of tourists who are in some place. It must be tropical, um, because uh, I thought it was filmed in fucking Italy my whole life, but it turns out it was filmed in outside of Key West, just on some <laughs> shitty scrubby little islands. Um, and, and then around a uh, a Biltmore Hotel, which is now apparently a very expensive place to go but had been abandoned for a year or two. And during this downtime, the director was able to rent it for like a month or two for a totally like $250 because, you know, seventies <laughs> shenanigans. And um, yeah. what essentially the plot is obsessively simple where some tourists are going on some dumb jaunt that doesn't make any sense. And they land on this dumb little Island when their boat, like hit some hit some wreckage and there's these five nitwits running around this dumb island where they discover this massive rotting hotel 
and this weird skinny old rotting guy who lives in it. It's like, oh no, why are you here? It's not safe. But he doesn't explain anything, and they and then they, <laughs> then they start getting killed with these like nineteen um, seventies style soundtrack stings. Now there is no way out. Now the ocean becomes a graveyard. The faster you run, the quicker you die. Because once they were almost human. Shockwaves, the deep end of horror. When these between five and twelve very mm, austere looking, very wet Aryan soldiers in Fairly kind of like like mundane Nazi regalia just pop up yeah. out of the water and stare out of their weird goggles, and then in very yeah. in various slow and surprising ways cause the deaths of, of these uh, of of their um, unwitting victims. And here's the thing about uh, here's the thing about shockwaves. After I have basically told you that information. You no longer have to see the movie Shockwaves. <laughs> There's, okay. I've seen it way too many times for, for it's for it for it representing its quality. Um, yeah. It is a bad movie, <laughs> and and the thing about the thing about bad movies and even some good movies from the '70s is you forget how fucking slow they are until you turn them yeah. on and you're like, seriously, we've been in this scene talking about how you can't get good cheese for like nine goddamn minutes. I watched you open that door, go across the street, open another door, go into another place, open a third door, and then go into a room and answer a phone. And all of that took like seven minutes and you still haven't, a plot point has not come up. Yeah. I, I, that happens with bad movies all the time. I, I, I'll put, I'll, I'll remember like five minutes into it. Like, oh, the scene that I wanted to see that I thought was so great is an hour away, and I got better shit to do. And, like, every time I watch a bad movie, I only make it, like, three minutes in. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> definitely this, um, there's definitely a cultural, I think it's an MTV thing. That basically, after MTV yeah. came on, everybody realized that they better start making their scenes go by faster. <laughs> And yeah. because there's an early to mid eighties transition where everybody was like, okay, yeah. you know, in late out early, as they tell you in filmmaking is you don't have to see your character wake up in the morning and open the fucking door and brush their teeth. Nobody gives a fuck. People know that you have a life. Yeah. Just get to the goddamn murders, cut to the chase. That's where the phrase cut to the chase comes from. And, the, and, <laughs> and shockwaves commits this scene as much as any movie you can think of where essentially, <laughs> It is zero plot laid on top of five random ass people in like bathing suits and cut off, cut off jorts, like running around this scratchy, scraggly ass Florida Island going like, 
what the fuck's going on? Or should we leave or should we go <laughs> getting killed by like literally just being scared by a Nazi and then falling over and and being stabbed to death by like one of those like black prickly pear seed jibber jobbers and like that's not even yeah. that wasn't even a zombie kill. A zombie looked at him and he died by falling over. That's God damn it. If I'm going to have a Nazi zombie movie, I want to see the Nazi zombies kill the fucking victims. OK, uh, this is a bait. This I- is a bait and switch to, to you know, pun not intended. Dude, and I, I have a question. I have a question about um, the film quality of Shockwaves. All of these stills that I see look like as good as a 90s movie. Um, how would I describe the film quality? Shockwaves makes for, like, I would say 12 really good film stills. And, yeah. and well, I am seeing the same 12 over and over again. And it makes for like one kind of intimidating poster. Um, yeah. but the overall quality is terrible. The, the, the audio okay. is shit. The direction makes no sense. You might as well not have a script. It's it, you know, it's kind of like a, a an uncle's on cocaine movie. You're like, okay, run over there. And you're going to, one of them's yeah. going to kill you this way. It'll be, it'll be fucking cool. Okay. Then the ones that you are still alive. Okay. Run over there. Ah, shit. There's no plot. Okay. We're going to do a bookender thing where you're, you're still alive, <laughs> but you're in the hospital and this is all a flashback. Yeah. It's a flashback. That's like, that's, yeah. art, that's artistic and shit. Right. So we'll know that you live. And, um, so the other people that are like noteworthy in terms of being, uh, being in the film, um, the female lead yeah. is Brooke Adams, who actually we have covered from the 1978 invasion of the body snatchers. And she seems yeah. to be in the film mostly to run around in a yellow bikini top, which is, <laughs> is, is odd and was, and was done in such an ostentatious way that I thought that this was like an Italian production because the movie made so yeah. little sense and that there was so much gratuitous, just like, okay, now we're going to have a six minute scene of this girl just like bathing. Like wh- why? Yeah. And then like the Nazis are watching her bathe and you're like, why is that a combination thing that's happening? <laughs> and, and, but everything that you want to be in this movie is not in this movie. There, about 10 to 12 yeah. minutes of it is Peter Cushing, who is clearly already a very old man who should be left alone like just running around on the broke ass white sandy shores of this shitty uh, island, just like looking hither and yawn. It's like run over there and look exasperated. Like I'm fucking 90,000 years old. I'm always going to look exasperated if I run hither or yawn. And, <laughs> and then somebody will be like, ah, I got my legs stuck on a vine. And then three Nazis will come up and then the sound sting will go and it'll go like, bow, 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 bow. and then they're like, I'm, but the, the, the zombies don't run. They just, the, the only thing that creates any kind of tension is that they just have this ability to kind of appear in water, you know, and, and they just pop up and maybe they're under the water, like looking at you like, Hey bro, what are you doing? And, but yeah. they don't, they're just not, they're, they're not very proactive. Whenever you see them move, they're kind of like way, if anything that is cinematic about them is in a certain, in certain instances, They'll be way off in the distance, just like staring at you like a creepy neighbor. And then all of a sudden yeah. they will kind of 
walk walk laterally, kind of like slow motion exit stage left down into the water without breaking eye contact <laughs> with you. You know what I mean? Like a bunch of 14 year olds doing like a weird TikTok prank. That, just, that sounds comical, not terrifying. Exactly. It's like a comedy routine. Yeah. <laughs> it's super not. It, Here I go. Yep. <laughs> And uh, I guess I'm just going to, I'll I'll be in the water, okay? If you need me, I'm in the water. It's that thing where you're behind the couch and you pretend there's steps. Exactly. It's like, if you need me, you just pick up a conch shell and just shout shout into it. Just like, hey, Nazis. And, you know, we'll be there. The water's everywhere. You're on an island. It's so bad. Okay, so there, so that's shockwaves. Like, there, there really isn't more there. I, I've seen it. Easily half a dozen times. I and I cannot remember anything that stands out uh, other than the 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 top, you know, the above the fold line of underwater Nazi zombies. There's nothing yeah. there like that combination should be fucking interesting. And it really it really <laughs> does nothing with it. Anyone else with a comment? How do you recall 2009's um, Norwegian Norwegian Nazi film Dead Snow. If you had to describe it to somebody, you had to describe it to, uh, you know, like I'm a five-year-old. What is What the hell is Dead Snow about? Okay. I do not remember much. That's okay. Um, I saw it, I think I saw it in 2010. Um, I don't know how drunk I was either, but um, when I watched it, I remember trying to count the Nazi zombies to see, like, is this a real platoon? Or yeah. Is this... <laughs> I, I, I was doing um, the same thing. I will say at the end, there are a fuckload of them. Like, the, 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 yeah. they keep popping up in little batches where you kind of think it's like aliens. Like, you, like, there were only six aliens suits and aliens. So, no, however many aliens yeah. you think there are, and there's only ever six on screen because that's how many suits there are. Yeah. And for most of this movie, uh, spoilers, you pretty much only see four, five, six um, of them at a, a time. But then they get to kind of like a set piece way and like basically in act three and there's like, I don't know, 20, 24 of them on screen. They really do a big charge. So it is a bunch, but it also begs the question of like, if you guys are such elite um, murderous and undead Nazi killers, how come you keep like ninjing at these like Norwegian civilians, like one or two or three of you at a time? (laughs) Like, it seems like maybe not the best (laughs) military strategy guys. But anyway, <laughs> so so uh, if if you have not seen Dead Snow, it is a, a 2009 film directed and uh, to a certain extent written by a guy named Tommy Vercola, which I'm sure is not how you say it in Scandahoovian, but you guys should have like a less silly language if you want us to say your names right. Um, he's a guy that's uh, gone on to direct a few other things. He directed um, Witch Hunter and uh, a, a couple of like non-exclusively um, Scandahoovian things. So he's he's doing okay. And um, it, it stars a kind of generic team of uh, tourists who are on their way from maybe the big city it's in wherever that is in Norway on a little kind of like spring breaky awesome. jaunt. I want to make sure that Oslo is the right country. It is right. Oslo's Oslo. Oslo and Lilyhammer and Oslo. Yeah. I think. Are the I know Lilyhammer because that dumb Ned- Netflix series and the and the, um, <laughs> uh, the Olympics. So, but they're from the city, and 
one of their friends is also kind of like a little bit of a tour guide and they take a snowmobile out to um, the, you know, BFE Nor Norway, where you're really like, Hey, this is Norway. It's just like snow and mountains. And it's actually a really gorgeous <laughs> landscape that they end up being in. They, sh they shoot it in this really lovely place. And um, it actually is a pretty slow burn for act one where uh, you, you don't really get, it's really just establishing that these people are kind of like they're fun loving medical students who are drinking a lot of beer and making bad jokes and going to the outhouse and like slapping each other on the ass. It's like two girls and three or four guys. And one of them is the blonde cantankerous chubby one. And, and I don't know, they're all white. So it's fine. You can't tell. It's it's confusing. <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that I've noticed about Nazi zombie movies is they never end up killing anybody. That's not white. It, it's, it's it, which, which seems oh. like a, a, an, yeah. an ostentatious, avoidance of like one of the yeah. main things about Nazis, yeah. <laughs> but we'll get, let's get, we'll get more into that later on. But, um, cause everybody in fucking shockwaves is white, like from tips to tails. And I don't, I don't understand. So the, these yeah. miscellaneous Scandahoovian people are drinking and partying in this little tiny cabin. And you find out that one is, you know, ha is like hema hemophobic or whatever. He's just, uh, he's a scared of blood and he's a med school med student. And that's ironic. And, one of them is the really scatological one that knows a lot about horror movies. And one of the girls kind of into him. And one of the girls is the really horny one. And one guy's the regular guy. And one guy's the neurotic guy and blah, 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 blah. And, and then some weird middle-aged dude shows up in the middle of the night to scare them and tell them that there are dangerous things out on this mountain because old, old world war two story about how there was a company of, of German soldiers that got lost looking for their gold because the people of the town stole their gold and rumor has it that their ghosts still <laughs> haunt these mountains and blah, blah, blah. Det var onde satans jävla. Sekara? Fortune and glory, kid. they're like, well, that's fucking weird. And he kind of sits down and smokes a hand rolled cigarette and scares the shit out of him and then leaves and fucks off to a tent. And then he's like the first, um, on screen murder where something spooky, like comes out to his tent. And he's like, Hey, what is it? I got a weird flashlight. And he gets, he gets, he gets zombie murdered. Um, you're like, Whoa, that was brutal. And one of the guys finds him as he's going to leave to, to go back to town on the snowmobile and yada, 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 yada. And then over the course of the next hour, a bunch of Nazis show up one, two, three at a time and scare the <laughs> holy shit out of these things. And it's really, uh, it's really a, it's, tr this is truly a horror comedy. And unlike yeah. shockwaves, this movie, one fucking makes sense. Two has establishable <laughs> characters. Three, like understands like tension the building of tension and the release of tension, both for comedic and, um, and horror purposes, because they really kind of like slow ball, um, ramping things up where you'll just have, um, you know, just the hint that there's a, a Nazi zombie over there. And then somebody will get 
a wound and then blah, blah, blah. And then finally it ramps up to the, you know, the really jocular guy gets fucking ripped in half and the skull ripped open all yeah. like dead alive. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. Okay. And, and they established the world of the movie well enough that you do buy into it. It is uh, to simplify this for the audience. Do watch dead snow. Don't watch shockwaves. Now, if you're some kind of, if you're the, yeah. if you're a kind of weird <laughs> zombie masochist like me, you know, go ahead and watch Shockwaves. I'm not going to tell you not to watch it, but it's, God damn it, it's slow and boring. Um, whereas Dead Snow, <laughs> it kind of like, it's a little simpler in the sense that like, we've got weird old undead Nazis. But it's actually like the movie actually plays as a movie where you're, a, a scene builds up and it's surprising and hilarious. The, 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 the zombie gags and the murders are both comical and the gross outs. Um, actually work there's dismemberment there's chainsaw gags there's fire there's there's slapstick there's slapstick and you know because they're norwegian there's like poop humor there you got everything and and <laughs> and dead snow is just competent and fun and funny is it really scary no but it 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 serves to it serves to really surprise and impress the audience i would say uh, it's it's just it's just properly fun to watch, uh, very much unlike Shockwaves. But in in, in watching <laughs> these together, because I originally thought I'm like, hey, I'll watch Shockwaves. It's interesting, and then I'll do Nazi zombies, Nazi underwater underwater zombies. That's complex. That's a title. We haven't done things with Nazis before, really. Let's do it. And yeah. you know, we haven't over we haven't overdone um, zombies really. So I'm like, that's a whole thing. Yeah. But then I watch Shockwaves. I'm like, God damn it. I cannot do this episode on just this one like bummer <laughs> single note movie with like Peter Cushing and an ascot. And, and, and yeah. so I thought like, well, what if I had a counterpoint? And I remembered that uh, that Dead Snow was um, kind of like not ostentatiously enjoyable. And I watched that and I'm like, that, this movie's actually gotten better. Since 2009, it it, it is, it is, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, this movie really delivered. It's genuinely funny and it's mostly happens during the daytime, but it still manages to be a little bit scary. Down there. Oh, did that come when we are, she thought? And looking back with both of those movies as an A and a B, and then the other miscellaneous Nazi zombie films that I've watched, and that sounds like I'm being like, I'm just making that up. No, I, I've, I've, there, there's a few. They go back to the black and white era. And I, yeah. I made some observations. I even while watching, particularly while watching Dead Snow, I was looking over to my partner, being like, "You know, the Nazi zombies are always—they're not really zombies." Is the first is the first observation I'll make because when we think of um, zombies in yeah the uh, American survival horror context of like, well, that's a zombie. You know, you can take that narrowly or you can take it broadly, right? Because if you take it really broadly, people will say like, okay, the 
the the the mushroom monsters in The Last of Us are zombies. They're not, but they are in the wide yeah. colloquial use of the term in the sense that they are a vast, unthinking, reanimated version of humanity that you don't have to feel bad about killing, right? And that is colloquially yeah. how zombie is used in a broad horror fiction context. But in reality, they're not. They're weird mushroom monsters that are that have a bizarre biological infection. And then depending on how <laughs> how tighten how how much you tighten that sphincter, does it or does not does it or does it not include the um the infected from 28 days later and and you know 28 weeks later, right? Where like for instance, yeah. I was watching something so I was watching the quiz show that's on on collegehumor.com. Um, actually. He means um, actually. And they tend to be really good at being uptight about getting <laughs> these things correct. And one of the questions wa had to do with um, the first fast zombies in film. And, and, the, and the answer that they gave was 28 days later. And I was like, who? No, no, absolutely not. Return of the living dead. No. Return of the living yeah. dead. Absolutely. Yeah. Send more cops, send more paramedics. Those are, yeah. those are, who those are, fuck? those are unquestionably <laughs> zombies. They're living dead zombies and yeah. they're fast as shit. They run it like a sprint. They're running yeah. out. They're running down like Jackie Joyner fucking Kersey in that movie in 1987. They are not fucking around. They, yeah. they, that's one of the reasons. What the fucking <laughs> changer? Um, well, um, actually, he means um, actually. You know, Sam Wright can't get everything right. Even his good, even his good fact checkers mess up every once in a while. So, um, I I will correct the college yeah. people. The original Fast Zombies were from Return of the Living Motherfucking Dead. Uh, check it out. They are definitely zombies and they are super fast. Um, <laughs> but the point being, eventually you can either tighten or open that yeah. window, that sphincter of what quote unquote zombies you let in to count in to count as zombies, right? Some things are very obviously zombies, Night of the Living Dead, you know, something like The Walking Dead hues to <laughs> almost exactly a original George Romero style zombie where they're slow, you get reanimated thanks to um, something involving the the yeah. bite and the saliva. It's possible you can get it through blood, probably. Um, they are, for some reason, compelled yeah. to consume the flesh, any flesh, of the living and the recently dead, uh, and they yeah. will not die. They just simply will desiccate until they are mechanically non-functional, right? That the, the parameters yeah. for the Romero style American zombie are very, you know, it when you see it and when it's different, you're like, what is, what is different about that? Because whenever in almost every instance where I have observed quote unquote Nazi zombies in Nazi zombie films. And this is a, a perfect through line for our primary A and B examples and shockwaves and the de and dead snow. Their, their motives, behavior and function are all different from what we think of as a quote unquote zombie. Now they are undead and they did die there. That's true. In, in the, in the case of <laughs> the shockwave zombies, Either he had them all killed or he killed them, you know, the Peter Cushing character, and is is because yeah. they were 
too evil. There are suppo- he says something about to the effect of that he had incidents where they were killing their own men. That they were too they were too murderous. They were they were too cantankerous even for the SS. Which is like okay, <laughs> how, how, does that, how does that work, guys? Yeah, I think that might be like the core concept of the movie is like what's more evil than the SS, <laughs> right? And zombie SS, and you know that's <laughs> not, that's not hyperbolic in terms of history. If you look into the SS, they really were truly awful. I mean, it was yeah, psychopaths, um, you know, serial rapists, murders, murderers. You really had yeah. you really had to be a person that was beyond morality to function inside of the mechanism of the SS. That's not. That's not an. Yeah, that's not a. It's, it's not a video game exaggeration, right? Yeah, some of them had like uh, little inner circles where they actually worshipped demons. I, you, like, you, you know, you love straight you, up the society of Thul. You love to see it. Was you love like to an see it. SS thing. Like <laughs> they worship demons. <laughs> well, you know, here in America, we support the freedom of religion, so you got to keep an open yeah. mind. Yeah. Can't you can't say you can't say the pronoun they, but you can worship all the demons you want, and 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 but the the point the the point that I'm going to get to runs through that similarly in Dead Snow, that these characters are undead, where they were killed, but they're they're maybe in some way enchanted by the greater evil of the third Reich and, or kind of, <laughs> kind of fair, like fairy adjacent, you know, like Draugr or Dauger, um, Norwegian yeah. myth monsters that would haunt, yeah. that would haunt these mountains and thus are imbued with a, um, kind of, um, gold obsessed vengeance that causes them because the the main mechanism of the movie is that these guys, you know, the the touristy shenaniganites find some a little box of their gold and trinkets and metals and whatnot, and then that really that really gets the zombie Nazis dicks up to go, come and get them right. Um, it, you yeah. know, if you're ever accidentally falling into a horror mo- horror movie and you have an opportunity to steal or not steal some some Nazi gold, don't do it. Um, <laughs> just in general, if you find some Nazi gold, assume you're in a horror movie and it's cause it's, it's probably not going to go well. Uh, definitely zombie gold. If for some reason there's zombie gold there and you're able to know that that's the case also don't steal that. They don't like it. And they got nothing but time. They got no hobbies. But the, the, the point is that in, in, um, almost every other aspect other than being mechanically, other than being mechanically undead, having risen from the grave that they depart from Romero style American zombies in terms of motive, in terms of how they are returned to life. Um, their, their return tends to have a motivation of anger, um, or revenge or some other implied emotional intent, the business that they are going to resolve because you have done something to cause them to be in some way metaphysically unhappy with what you're doing, either stealing their gold or, um, you know, attending Sarah Lawrence college or something that Nazis don't approve of, approve of, you know, know, whatever it is, they're, they're mad for a reason. They're not just bizarre, hungry biological agents, right? They're not just reanimated corpses. They're, they're, they're mean and pissed off, whatever they are. And, and they also very frequently 
are kind of because they're motivated for actual reasons and those reasons tend to access revenge or emotions or actual thoughts that they're pissed off about something. It tends to be what I describe as a European zombie as opposed to Amer an American zombie. And what, and what is that difference there? The difference is primarily one of um, it's one of religiosity versus materialism, right? That the yeah. science fiction of the 1950s uh, American milieu that, that created the, the cauldron of ideas that became Romero zombies and became how we think about science fiction generally is primarily replacing religion and spirituality with science, the atom bomb, guys in white coats and a different kind of yeah. weird guy in a white outfit telling us how things work, right? We replaced bishops and popes with atomic scientists and chemists and shit in, in the 1950s. That's one of the main things that science fiction did in pop culture where that break didn't, it was not a clean break in Europe, right? Where if you watch like zombie by Lucio Fulci or, um, any of the, you know, Fulci movies or Italian or Spanish, uh, European quote unquote zombie movies. It never plays out at the end the same way. They tend to not be bound by the materialistic physics of an American zombie where they'll just fucking show up in the middle of a room in a shroud of mist. Right. Or they, yeah. they attend to, they intend, they tend to be inevitable and they tend to magnetize toward people who have quote unquote done wrong, either in a religious or moral way. Like you're a witch at a witch school. So zombies going to get you or you're, you're horny in Italy. So the zombies are going to get you or you were mean to your mom. So <laughs> the zombies are going to get you. And there is a kind of Catholic, um, uh, like grim fairy tale. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a Catholic determinism to the story where you can't be fast or tough or mean enough. You can't Daryl your way out of a situation where you're being chased by Catholic zombies because you must <laughs> die because you're evil, right? You are a sinner. Therefore yeah. you're going to have a terrible sequence where your eyeball is, you know, is, is gouged out by a broken piece of a door because a zombie <laughs> is going to pull it into the door. Right. And that's not a thing that yeah. zombies, you know, American zombies aren't mean and sadistic. They're not, they don't find it funny to have your eye gouged out with a random piece yeah. of lumber because they're, they don't have any motive other than to consume you. Right. Other than, except when you get into the kind of, um, the zombie evolution business of like bub and the big daddy zombie that we've addressed in previous episodes where they suddenly gain these lower level, you know, cognitive elements and, and personhood and sense of yeah. memory. But that's very much kind of at the edge. It's all the way out on the plank of the implications of the American zombie. It's still a, the idea that the brain has come online in a way, right? It's still a materialistic sense of that this machine, the human body has accessed part of its uh, internal computer, its brain, and has come online in a way that we've not seen before. That's a thing that's explored yeah. in American zombie movies all the time. Whereas in Dead Snow or in Shockwaves, these guys are just, they are they might as well be mean green mothers from outer space. They're, they're, they're magical, yeah. right? And they're yeah. not extraterrestrial. They are there because of bad juju. 
And it's a bad juju yeah. that feels more natural in Norway or Germany or a place that is pretending to be Italy than it does in, um, you know, Los Angeles and return of the living dead or in Southwestern Pennsylvania in night of the living dead or, uh, or yeah. in, in straight up fucking Pittsburgh in land of the dead. Right. The, the we yeah. have a science fiction reality that is purely materialistic. The animal comes back and it eats us and it doesn't know why. Um, it, yeah. it, it may be because it hurts to be dead. If you go down that, that shunted off return of the living dead version where they're, they're smart. You know what I mean? But that is, yeah. that's still, it's still a branch that is, um, that's the O'Bannon branch, not the original Romero branch. So yeah, you, when you use that word zombie, just keep in mind that if your zombies coming out of, um, Scandahuvia or Spain or Italy, it's, they don't actually mean the same thing. It means something else. And it has, yeah. has, it, it, it has more to do with, did you say something that was kind of ironic earlier in the movie? Well, you're probably going to die that way. Now, if you said you were claustrophobic, <laughs> you're going to get buried in an avalanche. If you said you were afraid of blood, you're going to have to cut off your own, um, arm and dick with a chainsaw so that you, be you become <laughs> basically like a fucking blood golem by the end of the film. Right. That, that, that there is the, yeah. there is a dramatic irony that has to do with the, um, the d deterministic fate the fate of it is so European, right? Americans in this illusion that we have about free will and agency that we can, we can find enough guns and trucks and bombs and friends to eventually escape the, the pure nihilistic reality of, of the never ending <laughs> apocalypse, which is our lives. And, and yeah. what, that, if anything, the walking dead is, the walking dead is so frustrating because it says like, okay, well, what if we make that never ending apocalypse essentially truly till the end of time? What if we just make this, yeah. what if we make this AMC show <laughs> until it's still, it's still go, it's still going to go until after you have died and your parent, your, you know, your kids and your grandkids are going to be watching this like fucking gun smoke in, you know, three generations or some shit. You yeah. know what I mean? It's going to be like guiding light. It's going to transition from radio to television. And the, these characters are going to laugh, you know, the, somebody from the radio version is going to be on the, the, the Oculus rift version in 2052. You're like, Daryl is still going to be played when he's 78 years old. You know, old, old, <laughs> old man, Carl is going to be in the show. He's going to somehow come back. Spoilers. Um, yeah. What he's gonna he's gonna have the governor's eye patch and a shown sword and Lucille and he's gonna have Rick's hat on. Yeah, he's gonna yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> all, it, dead people's artifacts all the way down. And the the notion and because we're kind of making an in joke there about the comic book character of um old man Carl, I'm sure those of you who are not walking dead heads are probably not familiar that old man Carl is kind of like a it's not so much an Easter egg, but he's a, he's a character that is reflected in the, um, the comic book version where, you know, Carl is a, is a very young kid at the start of the, whatever version of the walking yeah. dead you're talking about. And then eventually the yeah. story does at least in flash forwards. I actually haven't read the comic book version. So, you know, correct me if I get some of this wrong, uh, but, yeah? 
But eventually you get to at least see versions of quote unquote old man Carl. Right. And he's, you know, he's probably in his maybe fifties. I don't know. He's got that weird, like Wolverine Logan, like roughness to them where you don't, you don't know how old he is, but you know, (laughs) but this means that this guy who um, he's the oldest person or the youngest person to have ever seen quote unquote, the old world, the world before the zombie apocalypse and actually yeah. survive it through the death of his mom, through the death of his father, his sister, mother, every fucking, every fucking guy. And that he becomes this kind of like walking entourage of artifacts for, of the, yeah. the sword and the hat and the eye patch and the baseball bat and the blah, 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 blah. And so old man, Carl, in a way kind of represents the way that Americans think about the zombie apocalypse, right? That if you're just, if you're a combination of lucky and fast and sharp, that you can have the opportunity to, to live forever in a miserable kind of Mad Max existential nightmare for the rest of eternity. (laughs) I had always, um, wondered when, uh, zombies went from, because I always thought that the origin of zombies would kind of be based on whatever like the trend of the day was because in Night of the Living Dead it was radiation because it was the atomic age and everybody like people didn't know about radiation yeah they could do anything and then it turned into uh, viruses because we un- crack the genome and uh, you know th- the genetic material and everything about it used to be a mystery and now we're unlocking it. What if we do it wrong and zombies happen? Yeah. And eventually, um, I think it's going to be nanites (laughs) for sure, (laughs) because that's the next step. It goes radiation, uh, biological virus, and then nanite (laughs) is like the mystery cause of anything. Yeah. I, how would I say? I, I really, I like nanites as a, I like nanobots and nanotechnology as like the 21st century bugaboo. I, th- I think that the problem yeah. is I find them to be extremely unsexy to depict in a cinematic context. They just don't, they just don't yeah. look cool. You know what I mean? Like things that have to yeah. do with radiation look cool. Things that have to do with viruses look cool. You know, with I, filmmakers have not found a way to be like, look at this bitch and nanobot. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, yeah. it, it, it's, you know, yeah. like, at least radiation doesn't inherently look cool, but it developed this um, profound place in the, um, you know, in the modern world in the 20th century where we got all the symbolism, you know, get the radiation symbol. You got the, you got the guys in the suits, you got the green glowing beakers, you got all, you got the, you know, the big smokestacks and the, and the mushroom cloud, incredible Hulk and and climbing under your desk and, you know, worrying about the Ruskies dropping on Idaho and it, 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 it was, it was wrapped up culturally in the whole business of being an American, that the bad guys were, had, yeah. had access to the bomb. And then the bomb yeah. was solving problems and creating problems that were central to, um, technology and futurism at all times that just nanotechnology yeah. just doesn't have that, um, that yeah. like fulcrum at the center of culture. And it, it also doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't look badass. Like it's a, it's inherently a tiny thing that you can't see. It's like, okay, it's a little tiny robot. It's like not really a robot. It's like yeah, a the, cell that does what you tell, tell it to do and blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, the the um the worst case like apocalypse scenario for nanites is literally called Grey Goo. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a <laughs> there's a Michael there's a Michael Crichton book that I read when I was on a out of the country trip one time called Prey that is um, yeah. that is just about this these experts show up because this um you know angel funded site in you know the southwest that's been developing <laughs> some nanotechnology ha- has a whoopsie doodle and just this cloud yeah. of metallic nanite nonsense has just kind of gotten out and um and just <laughs> takes people over and either eats them or turns them into like uh, nanite puppets and it's it's actually as scary yeah. as fuck as a book but also people will try as hard as they fucking can to turn a michael crichton um book into a movie and they have not they have not yeah. turned prey they've not turned prey into a movie that anybody could watch because it's fucking hard to make movies about nanobots you know it's easier yeah. to it's yeah, easier it to is. make them about like future genetic dinosaurs <laughs> by like a lot. And it's really hard to make a movie yeah. about genetic dinosaurs. It, it takes a lot of work. Um, but when you make it, it actually is compelling and scary visually. And you're just like, it's just a fucking cloud of, it's just a dusty cloud. It's just like a, it's a mean cloud. Like, how do I, how do I make that yeah. scary? Right. Um, yeah. So uh, as much as nanotechnology is truly scary in a conceptual level, it just doesn't fucking look cool. Yeah. It looks. It doesn't look yeah. like anything. It's just a big amorphous uh, gray thing that could like make itself a perfectly round sphere for ideal defense. Yeah. If, <laughs> I mean, once once it can breed and eat and and ambulate, yeah. you're essentially fucked. Like you're you're yeah. done. Like the whole human race is done. It's just gonna eat and breed and fuck us to death. It's just like what do I what do I need? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever is around to eat. Okay. How big can I get? Infinite. How fast can I move? Infinite. How many of there um, of me can there be? Infinite. Like okay. You know. Like unfortunately, the the robot attack that kills us all is not going to be like chrome chrome like exoskeletons with like bitchin assault cannons marching across like a field full of like yeah. blue lit skulls it's just going to be like a weird <laughs> smelly swarm that goes into your brain and sucks all of the fucking life force out of your head before you even know what the hell's going on you're not you're not going to be able to yeah. aim an assault cannon at it you're going to be able to go hey <laughs> you smell that weird <laughs> and you're just like and you're going to cease to be how can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. I've got two guns, one for the each of you. Two guns, one for the each of you. Um, Kurt Russell's Tombstone, the musical. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I feel like... And I I figured it out during the break there um, that I missed kind of a step between radiation and virus to nanite, which was like the ever-present magic. Yeah, well... Which was what you were saying. Just drugger magic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and, and, in zombies, and in terms of like the the term and the concept having an origin, be it like coming out of... um, like the greater Caribbean culture and like diaspora communities uh, that have were brought over uh, 
to the Americas from Africa and and hoodoo and voodoo culture having the original conceptual idea of a zombie as someone that has been um, enslaved via spiritual practice, which is what the original yeah. zombies movie zombie movies were, you know, like white zombie with Bela Lugosi. Um, I walked with a zombie by Tournaire. Like those movies are about OG <laughs> zombies. You know, you don't have the, you, you have magic zombies up until Romero Romero. The thing that the Romero really did was say like, okay, what if the origin was, more mundane in origin or at least more nebulous, right? could be radiation, could be aliens. Who knows? <laughs> but that the result was terrifying, unknown, and seemed to be essentially a material problem. You know what I mean? That the problem yeah. was not yeah. magical because in, in those old, old zombie movies in the, in the, you know, the pre science fiction era where you're really in an, essentially an extension of Gothic horror, it's no coincidence that Bella yeah. Lugosi is in some of them that that's essentially um, it's not science fiction at all. It's truly horror that relates to the old world, that the fear crawls out of the 1800s, the 1600s, the 1500s, that what you're afraid of is, you know, um, things that are foreign, things that are yeah. sexual, things that are yeah. all kind of uh, uh, an attack on early uh, uh, American senses of what is their quote unquote safe space for the hegemony. So if you think of, you yeah. know, just straight up Bela Lugosi, Dracula, Dracula, you know, he's, he's foreign. He's got a weird accent. He's, he's sexy, horny. He can, he can yeah. shape change into various versions of himself. He has yeah. power over capitalism. He has power over, Blood. He has powers over all of these things that make him a powers over the the young women. Yeah, there's the 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 fact that he's a um, sexually magnetic character is a bedrock. Is maybe the bedrock element to to Dracula and like vampires yeah. generally is it is it's a primary anxiety, particularly for. Um, Victorian and post-Victorian Europeans, which then you know slides right on over to America with uh, with um, our even more intense anxiety about uh, sexual mores. Yeah. But was Dracula com completely way off any any topic ever? Was Dracula like considered foreign even by like the people of the village? Yes, right. Yeah, you know, like even yeah. the even the quasi Romanian Transylvania like hillside people. You know, the the there's the woman. There's the woman. Yeah, like the, there's Turkish. the woman that you know like forces Jonathan Harker to take a crucifix with him on his journey. Yeah. Um. That that yeah. Dracula is not. How would I say? He, he Dracula is. He's foreign in time. You know what I mean? Not just in yeah. space, if that makes sense. That yeah. like, which is essentially one of the primary aspects of gothic horror generally, which is that the the thing that makes you fearful is that things are not new, like science fiction. You know what I mean? Science fiction is yeah. all a fear of the new developmental technology, of um, the implications of the things that we can bring from the future. Whereas gothic horror is primarily a fear of things coming out of the past and not having resolved our history, which ties more into 
ideas of spiritualism and shame and religious implications, which um, yeah. feeds into this. reifying the idea that a zombie comes back and it's it's religious and pissed off, right? That the sins yeah. of um, Europe generally are actually what is is being manifested and it's and, and which is why you get kind of this odd whitewashing of Nazis when they're in horror movies where they're they're not obsessed with the Jews. They're not obsessed with they're not obsessed yeah. with racial purity. <laughs> they're not obsessed with all of these things yeah. that seem kind of central to being a Nazi. They're just kind of the most scary angry European military force, which is kind of yeah. does a business of scrubbing away the the things that 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 make the problem of Nazis being in the world so genuinely scary that one one thing that should be feared is swapped out for another one so you don't have to have the thing that is a yeah. more d- discomforting anxiety that is a real anxiety that real human beings decide that other human beings are not real and therefore can liquidate them on mass. Um, you know, that's the actual yeah. scary thing about actual Nazis. And it's in a way a lot yeah. more comfortable, comfortable to imagine an undead cannibal that just wants some gold, right? It kind of like, it kind of leprechauns yeah. them in a way where they're a consumable thing that isn't truly <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> a sexy Byzantine. <laughs> Where, where, yeah, they've got all these really elaborate um, medieval kind of like fantasy and horror movies. I watched this really cool Korean medieval zombie movie a couple of weeks ago. What the fuck was that called? I gotta look yeah. that up. Yeah, the Byzantine Empire is kind of folded into like the Turks and the Ottomans and all that, all yeah. that jibber jabber. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the all details, but like, give me some tower, give me some endless <laughs> tower warfare. I'd like I like yeah. towers versus zombies. Let's do like, it. Let's make it happen. Like t- Teutonic Ottoman Byzantine. There hasn't there towers. hasn't been a crusade yeah. zombie movie, has there? <laughs> that that would be that would be that would be oh that, that's that something, would be right? You know what I mean? You could you yeah. you could have a you could have like kind of a weird world like sudden World War One style soccer alliance between the between the. Like the Middle yeah. Eastern, like Arabian warriors and the 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 sweaty English idiots. Yeah, I I I, I, I better cut that out of the show um, and write that real quick. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. No, it only um, had like one old crusader <laughs> no, in it. There was like there a thousand has. years old. He didn't even get to swing his sword. Um, uh oh. There's a movie from 2013 called Night of the Dead. Night of the Dead. Right. Oh, like yeah. with a K. Right. K- okay. Connicative yeah. the dead. And yeah. Two oh, one God. and a half stars. Rampant. <laughs> that um that Korean movie I strongly recommend Rampant. it. It must be on Amazon or something. It was really high quality. Rampant. So this like upstart young uh prince or duke or whatever the fuck he is, um comes back to town and has to defend his kingdom against a kind of like a, a biological plague of zombie nightmares. It's really good, actually. It's really, really strong. Cool. Really, I'll give my, give it a yeah, shout out. I really Koreans like to know how to do it. You know that Korea is the only country that has a sizable, um, to call it propaganda is the wrong thing, but essentially like a media a public media department 
which is why they've had such a kind of like a meteoric rise in um, media consumption in, you know, like English speaking countries is they have a whole fucking department making yeah. sure that you're seeing things that come out of Korea. <laughs> and I'll say they're doing a good job because uh, rampant yeah. fucking kicks ass. Korean, Korean medieval zombie movie. Check it out. The great Oz has spoken. So, Gavin, that leads us to the point of the show where we have to ask, are um, Nazi oh. zombies either <laughs> underwater or under the uh, pillowy avalanches <laughs> or, of Norway, are they bitchin' van art? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? No, because you can't put a Schwartz together in the van. <laughs> You, you know, <laughs> that's a strong point. Yeah. Well, I mean, nowadays, maybe in, in, in Kentucky, but the, our, the answer is the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. Um, in no. case it was in case because it was in case it was not clear, because I know we have a very um, yeah. how would I say uh, I, we have a very uh, ironic sense of humor around the uh, around the oops bunker we are anti-nazi so uh, the, uh, for yeah. even more complicated and intense reasons that we will go into right now th- thumbs down on nazis so <laughs> if, if if somehow yeah. we've lost a peeled off a viewer or two um if you if you're out there yeah. and you're like i these guys get me and my nazi politics in in the in the immortal words of Jello Biafra, uh, Nazi punks, Nazi punks, Nazi punks, fuck off. Uh, um, no, I mean yeah. it, it could be bitchin', but it is it, it's bitchin' yeah, art. You know, like like Seinfeld has made routines about that that Nazi stuff does in a visual way look cool. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. The helmets, really the does. costumes, the fashions, you know, yeah. uh, helmet, yeah. uh, knew what he was doing when he designed that shit. It's one of the, re- one of the reasons they end up yeah. being uh, visually one of the most compelling, uh, standard villains in anything Bad separate guys. from their politics and yeah. weird racial bullshit and all that other crap is they just look bad. Yeah, it, it fits, it fits. Uh, like villain, like intelligent, difficult to be yeah. villain, is a well dressed, decorated with silver yeah, and not red gold. and skulls and like you know it just <laughs> yeah really nailed skulls. it on the look yeah. Nazis. That's the one thing I will give yeah. you. Really fucking yeah. ten out of ten on the look, but everything everything else <laughs> it, on your look. Thanks for being so yeah. Everything else is a diarrhea waterfall. <laughs> All right, so. Not bitchin' van art. All right. <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that brings us to the end of the fucking thing. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when yes. we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. Yeah. Um, if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, that really does help. Uh, Gavin's YouTube and Twitch channel, you can find it by typing in Gavin Longshanks, uh, is gonna be a thing again soon. I'm gonna be playing MechWarrior 5, of course, because I'm not playing Rake Rock. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, 
Already, already, already 100% of it. Um, share an episode <laughs> on your favorite social media and hit up the Instagram, like I said, at oopsallmonsters for images that go along with each episode. Comment on the Instagram. Um, tell us about monsters that you want us to cover. Email your suggestions if you want to email us anything at all. Stories, suggestions, um, pictures of your socks. You can do that uh, by typing in oopsallmonsters at gmail.com into the send part of the email thing. And if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or, if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. We've been zero swastikas on your van. Zero swastikas on on this van. (laughs) Despite what Aunt Aunt Elizabeth keeps telling us we need to do. Um, Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Shit. Nazi fucking zombies. Fucking Nazi zombies. Fucking Nazi zombies. I love Santa Clara, except for all the goddamn Nazi zombies. All the goddamn Nazi zombies. Crusader zombies. This is, that should be good. Yeah, Crusade that's a really good idea. Good. Crusade zombies. There could there could be uh, gallons of blood. There could be mountains of blood. <laughs> mountains of blood. Uh, stop the show. 